Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cocktail Culture with Citywide Liquors. I am Daniel, and this week we are talking with John J. Hall, the brewmaster of Metazoa Brewing Company in Indianapolis, Indiana. John, how's it going today? It's going well. A little bleak outside, but still a good day. Yeah, we are getting that, uh, that you know, we, we've been lured into enjoying March until right now. It has been nice, and now we finally get that cold snap back. Yeah, cold and rainy. I took my dog out this morning, got to the back door, and she said, no, I think I'll stay inside. <laughs> right. You know it's a chilly day when the dogs are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm going to lay in front of the heater more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's get started and just like how, um, let's see, how, how long you've been in the beer industry? This is my 24th year in the brewery. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. A little bit of time. Yes. Definitely. So, uh, what what brought you to beer? And uh, let's uh, walk us through your journey. We're all the way to here. Sure, no problem. Um, got a homebrew kit for my thirtieth birthday, so I was a little late late to starting this. Yeah. <laughs> um, did it for a couple of years, not seriously. wasn't like uh, didn't join any clubs. Didn't know any clubs to join at the time. Um, just did a few brews. Um, bottled my stuff, had a few parties, people seemed to like it, so mm. I'd make more beer, and um, I was working at a hotel in Chicago, uh, not really enjoying the work, but it's, I have a degree in film animation, which is not oh, yeah. <laughs> super, you know, translatable into work. Right. <laughs> I did five years of uh, like industrial filmmaking and animation uh, for Encyclopedia Britannica before that industry kind of dried up and then I was doing hotel AV, AV work, you know, setting up projectors and things. Oh, yeah. like, I used to do, like I used to do in grade school and high school. <laughs> so, yeah, you're the AV, AV club at the, uh, at the hotel. Yes. Yeah. Except like, I got to wear a nice, lovely red polyester blazer and pants. Oh, nice. And tie. So <laughs> bonus, bonus. Yeah. <laughs> so home brewing, not enjoying my job. And I'm at, at, the brewery uh, sorry not the brewery the hotel one sunday morning at 6 a.m great <laughs> yeah reading, uh in between setting up stuff and i'm reading an article in my boss's um paper and it mentions by chance that there's a brewing school in chicago and i go wait a second um <laughs> i like beer i'm doing this as a kind of a hobby and uh i'm here at 6 a.m on a sunday morning maybe i should investigate this right. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't mention the name of the school in the paper. So I had to, you know, go to my homebrew club, that club uh, store, mm -hmm. ask around, find out it's a Siebel Institute, which is mm -hmm. the oldest brewing school in the country. I call them, meet them, apply, have to wait a year to get in. But in the meantime, I'm just saving up and reading more books. And then I quit my job, went to Brewing's, uh, a brewer's prep course, kind of an introduction to brewing. Uh, it was an eight-week, $8,000 course. <laughs> And within a week of leaving that course, I got hired at Goose Island Beer Company. Awesome. Yeah, part of part of the eight-week course was spending a week at a brewery, a local brewery of your choice, either a brew pub or a production brewery. And I went to uh, a Goose Island Production Brewery. And um, when the course ended, two of their cellarmen just happened to be leaving for other jobs. One went out west to go mountain biking and work in some, you know, small town breweries other guy went north to um new glaris and got a job there so two spots open and myself and another brewer uh student got the, got hired and i was there for 15 years and after five years i would be i went from cellarman to 
shift brewer to lead brewer to head brewer. And I was head brewer for 10 years there. Yeah. And then I left there uh, after the AB acquisition. I stayed out a couple more years. Then I helped open up a small brewery, um, brewing company called Five Rabbits of Aceria mm-hmm. uh, in the south side of Chicago, a yeah. Latin-inspired craft brewery. And I was brewmaster there for about four and a half years. And then at that, uh, came down to Indianapolis to take over um, Metazoa's brewing project, uh, which would open a year at the time. And uh, the owner, Dave, wanted to go from just being a tap room to, you know, expanding into larger production and and statewide sales, which they weren't built for. So I helped them expand the brewery and just tweak some recipes and hire some good people. And yeah. And from there we go on. And now I've been here four years now. Wow. Yeah. It seems, I mean, I, I knew of, the, I mean, been on the scene for a little while. I just can't believe it's been four years, at least in, you know, distribution and whatnot. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. It was actually a weekend ago, March 6th was my oh, anniversary. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's such a, it's a great brewery and a great spot too. Just right down there, mm-hmm. kind of in like, I don't know, I would say Brewer's Row in Indianapolis there, where there's just so many brewers right there on college, right? You guys are like right on, right there. Yeah. We're on College Avenue, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And when I, when I came down here, the only brewery I knew of outside of Three Floyds in Indiana was uh, Sun King. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to come down and realize there's uh, Indiana City and Chili Water and Fountain Square Brewing, uh, St. Right. James, there's so many breweries in that neighborhood, Yeah, I had no clue. <laughs> Right. It's kind of nice to like learn. And I mean, even I, yeah. I grew up in Indianapolis and uh, living in South Bend now, but it was now I felt like I was in the scene and knew everything what was going on. But it just seems like every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's a new brewery and it's in Indiana and it's in like, yeah. where is that in Indianapolis? <laughs> it seems like there. How do you know? Do you have an estimate on how many breweries are in, in, in the Indianapolis area now? I honestly don't. Um... <laughs> I know. Tough, tough question without some research, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would say in in the city proper, uh, I would probably guess fifteen, maybe. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Maybe if you include, yeah. uh, you know, Carmel and Greenwood and whatnot, you probably get to twenty or thirty. You know, if you the yeah. surrounding areas, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that yeah. is that's an incredible story. Yeah, it's just so much. I. I know that uh, that's what most people say about Siebel who have been there, where it's just like you or you hear of the people who have been there and it's like, it's, it's an investment for sure. But also you are pretty much guaranteed if you want to be in the brewing industry, it's like, you're going to get a job brewing. And if, if you yeah. want it, like after, after realizing the work you have to do and the science behind it and whatnot, it's. Yeah. And like I said, I was a home brewer and not a serious one. I wasn't really <laughs> geeking out. I, I still haven't read Papazian's book ever. I'm surprised. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Uh, but um, so going to those courses, so much was going over my head. I was like, what, what, what? Uh, that I really, right. I stopped, I stopped homebrewing after I learned what a few of the things I was doing was horribly wrong. And the next five years at Goose Island was literally going, Oh, I get that now. I know what they're, they're talking about because I've now actually lived the, the life of a brewer mm-hmm. and Goose Island was a great training ground. Um, and honestly, if you can do it, if it's possible anyway, if you're thinking of going to brewing school, if you can apprentice or work at a brewery first, it'll help you so much oh, when yeah. you go to take the classes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I went, in, I went in totally blind and naive, but that probably worked like out for water me. Water chemistry? 
Yeah. You know, had I known how little I knew, I probably would have been too intimidated to try. Yeah. I was just dumb enough to think, what? <laughs> well, I hate my job. Brewing sounds cool. Why not? <laughs> right. Definitely. Literally, that was my, my, my game plan. Yeah. It, oh, for sure. I was very fortunate it worked. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to see it come uh, all the way full circle for you when um, all of the animals on the cans from Metazoa will become uh, you, you your own little like uh, Pixar style uh, movie that you're going to make from your uh, visual arts background? We're going to have to see it in time. <laughs> We're going to have to see that happen. That would be cool. Actually, I'm not the artist for the cans. We have a, a local artist on uh, Andy, I believe. But that would be cool to animate those guys. I'll have to talk to <laughs> the powers that be at the brewery to see if we can do something with that. That yeah. would be kind of cool. Yeah. So the cans, I mean, that, you know, we're, we're here to talk about beer, but the uh, the can art is great and it just jumps off the shelf. And I feel like, you know, I it you have to find, especially with just so many beers, what uh, are, I think, um, I don't know if we still retain the title, but our, the store that I manage, we have the largest beer cooler in Northern Indiana, 1100 mm. square feet. We, um, we keep all of our beer cold at our store and with however many craft beers we have at a time, probably not, uh, you know, outside of the realm to say four to 500 different SKUs in the cooler easily, you know, it's like, how do you jump off the shelf? And I feel like you yes. guys really do that with the cans. And even if people are like, oh, it's cute puppy on here. And I want, <laughs> I want to buy that, but then they taste the beer and they keep coming back for it. So it's. Yeah. And it, it is iconic. I mean, we spent before we can, I mean, we were primarily um, brewing for the tap room for the first year. And then when uh, Dave, the owner wants to start expanding, I helped, you know, I, picked out and help install the, the can line. But we said that we actually had a meeting and discussed several can designs and graphics and literally, you know, it was a whole day of this discussion and different options. And that kind of jumped out at us. We, uh, we had a mock-up of the original kitten summer party with a, a hand-drawn kitten character. And, you know, the, the bottom half of the, of the can is kind of like a, a scientific ledger with the, yeah. you read the notes and IBUs and my signatures on there. Like it's like a, like a notebook kind of feel. Right. We like, we just like that feel of it. Um, but I always tell folks, man, I love it when you see a bunch of them in a row in on, on a yes. shelf in a beer cooler, <laughs> it looks like the usual suspects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I need is their, you know, the, the cards beneath their, their faces. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely the full murderers row lined up there. Uh, exactly. they, yeah. they look great. And I think, yeah, it's, I, I mean, as much as you hear a lot, um, maybe, maybe I get it more of people like searching for wines or like, I don't want to just buy something with a cool label or like, oh, I buy off the label or whatever. But yeah. I feel like when it comes to beer, um, there has kind of been, there is a direct correlation with the beers that I'm buying or the beers that people are like, if you see good art or like, it looks like they took actual time to think about the art they're putting on the can, yes. like that translates into liquid. It's like, it's kind of, I mean, as beer is a blend of science and artistry where it's like if you do take the time to put in the effort on the can it's probably also going to translate to the liquid like maybe i don't know if you found that but i it seems to be well true you would hope so yeah. right it, um, it, it's, it's a good general hard and fast but mm -hmm. yeah i i go i know it'll a can will stop me in the shelf i mean I, I, they say yeah. never judge a book by a cover but you know i i have <laughs> I have taken books out of the library because like, or I picked it up off the shelf because the cover caught my eye. It's there for a reason. And, you know, hopefully you get what you're hoping for, you know, and we, we try our best to do that, but to make what's in the can as worthy as what's on the outside of the can. 
you know? Right, right. Yes. We do we need a new saying within beer now where it is you might possibly be able to read a beer by the can. I think we can uh, yeah. we can start that trend. It's very nice and easy. Uh, I'm going to put that on T-shirts pretty soon. Uh, right. And if you, you turn our can around away from the picture, uh, mm-hmm. there is like a, a three-bar graph with um, maltiness, bitterness, and color. And there's dots on them. So you can, if you don't know our brands and you don't know, say you don't know what a stout is or a cream ale is, you can turn that can around and get it. Oh, this is light body. It's not very bitter. And it's going to be mildly malty or very malty. Or you can get a quick read of what style or intensity this might be. So if you know your own palate, it gives you a little leg up. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I, I think the more, you guys strike such a nice balance between like the, I mean, having the correct amount of information on a can where sometimes, you know, you don't want to go too sciencey and too overblown where it's just like people are, no. just, you know, people are just reading an entire can of text, but at the same time, like whether, you know, you're a very deep beer geek who actually cares about the science or if you're someone who's just kind of introing who kind of knows what an IBU yeah. count means, like, you're like, Oh, okay. That's what that means. And I get an idea of what that is. And I think mm-hmm. people enjoy that information. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to help. I mean, there are still some breweries who sometimes it's tough to find an ABV on a can where you're like, I mean, it, it's rare. Yes. And I feel like yeah. that's a legality even, but like sometimes they're like, what is the ABV? And you have to look it up on the t- untapped or something. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to list it, but I find okay. it benef- beneficial. Um, yeah. Especially like, you know, say you're buying a double IPA, the range of ABVs <laughs> can be extremely wide. I mean, right. And, you know, some people like a stronger beer or, you know, I'm buying a double IPA and it's only eight ABV. It's barely above a regular IPA, right. but that in the category is still a double IPA right. where they're probably expecting a 12 or 13. So yeah, yeah it's kind of nice to put the information down there. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get snuck up on either where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah this, exactly. is a, this is a single IPA. And then they're really pushing it. You're like, oh, it's probably around four and a half, five percent. You're like, oh, no, this is seven and a half. Like I'm, I'm going to exactly. have to sit down for a second. <laughs> So yeah, as so. you've seen beer, um, you know, throughout the years, like in your 24 years that you've been doing it, you see mm-hmm. um, so many trends come and go. And I mean, we are in kind of a pocket now of a few different trends. Like which ones do you think are going to persist? And like, I mean, as we've seen certain ones, you know, Hazy is now like a, you know, an actually recognized style by the BA and whatnot. And it's like, exactly, uh, yeah. what do you think are going to, you know, persist? Or what do you think maybe was on the cusp of? I, I think the hazy will persist, and, and I will fully admit we've got some good ones. We actually won a bronze medal for us at GABF um, last year, which I'm very proud of that, but mm-hmm. it was not my doing. It was my head brewer, Nick's doing. He wanted to brew them. I come from I came from Goosan. My first job was filtering the beer, <laughs> and their IPA was really good, and it was bright, and I'm used to And our hopopotamus is we don't filter any of our beers. We don't have a filter or centrifuge yet. So we just let them drop bright, you know, mm-hmm. harvest the yeast off it. And all right, I think our hot pot is one of our best IPA, IPAs around, and it's very bright. I go, well, what do you need a hazy for? Why do you just need to be hazy? <laughs> my my mind as a got cellarman was like was balking at it, but uh, Nick read a lot of books about it and convinced me there's something going on with all these additional hoppings that create the haze. So mm-hmm. let's try it. And we tried s- several. And the very first one we brewed tasted great. And within a week, it dropped right in the keg. And I go, ha ha, see, it doesn't have to be hazy. <laughs> but following that, we did get the hazy, the haze down. And mm-hmm. yes, they are incredibly aromatic and juicy. And yeah, I, I, I've been a judge for Great American Beer Festival uh, for about 20 years now. 
I've been doing it since year 2000 or so. Uh, and again, like um, the BA finally recognized that style, I think two years ago, three years ago. And within that first year, it became the biggest entered category. <laughs> it has been ever since. It surpassed the standard American IPA wow. as the biggest, uh, most popular style. Do you think so, that's a detriment to the style or do you think that, I mean, it's, it's like people are like, oh, I can flip a hazy and, you know, depending on the yeast I use in five days as opposed to, you know, giving it a full, full 14 days or whatever. I don't know. I know okay. there are, there are some folks who are, you know, throwing in um, grains to induce haze and that's yeah. kind yeah. of that's the point of it. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, like, well, I'll add wheat to it or I'll add oats or I'll add, you know, I go, well, the haze is supposed to come from the hops and, you know, right. so if you're, if you're, if you're making a, a Belgian wit with, yeah, then you need the wheat, the raw wheat and things. And that's, that's where the haze comes from. Right. Um, or if you're doing a, Bel a German Hefeweizen, then it's a, it's a yeast haze. But if you're using those to make your hazy IPA, you're kind of missing the point, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think even whether, I, I think it'll, the flavors will persist almost more than like what it looks yeah. like. And that, you know, people will say they want to taste, you know, the dry hopping for the aromatics or the whirlpooling for that kind of like lack yeah. of bitterness. But, you know, I think the flavors are there for sure. But yeah, it's like, I totally right. In the aroma, I mean, we have the, our, new, our new one, the one, uh, Wicked Possum. Mm -hmm. um, you, we have some in cans right now and you crack it open. You can smell it in the can across the table. <laughs> someone else opens it. Awesome. It's got that kind of aromatic punch. So yeah, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Uh, so yeah. that's one I think is not going away. Um, I hope me personally, again, whoever does it well, good to you, but hey. pastry beers, um, uh, beers <laughs> made with cocoa puffs and, and Skittles. Yeah. I, yeah. I could take her, I could leave right. <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, don't don't mean to dismiss anyone who does it well or really truly believes in it, but for mm -hmm. me, it's not a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's I, I I definitely agree with you there. It's not like my personal favorite, but also I see a lot of these beers. It's like I guess if it's an entry point to someone, if it's the yeah. beginning of their journey to loving beer, where it's like if you can whatever you can do to get this taste. I mean, just the same way if if a extremely like breakfast orange juice flavored uh you know hazy is an entrance to someone eventually making their way around a west coast style ipa is like right you know, cool awesome like if that's that's how your journey goes awesome but yeah the <laughs> i know what you're and saying. i have to you know i have to stand up and say we have puppy slumber party which is a right. a milk stout yeah which uses lactose sugar which is mm -hmm. that's a style thing but then we we do add peanut butter to it or peanut mm -hmm. butter extract to it mm -hmm. so we are dipping our toe in that realm right i just it's just um, Skittles and gummy bears and <laughs> right. you know uh, breakfast cereals and Twinkies and Ho Hos and we put that in our beer. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I feel like there's a way to get those flavors in a different, in an indirect way than uh, yeah, like when you're um, like you hear of like Omnipolo or someone throwing like cheeseburgers in the mash or you know in the boil or something like that or hamburgers full hamburgers and i'm just like i just think about the cellarman who's having to scoop all that out afterwards that's who i really worry about and that's who i think yeah. of cleaning that out i've never made it but i did read when i was in brewing school about a style of beer where they actually took um 
raw chicken and submerge it into the the, the boiling wort. <laughs> it's boiling. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it's just two ways a way of cooking your meal while you're making beer. Right. Um, <laughs> we, I, I this I no longer do this, uh, but did um, the the kettle at Dusan was fifty barrel system, very large. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm brewing, I might take my sandwich and lay on top of the kettle just to warm it up before I had lunch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Rather than running personal... down to the break room to go to the microwave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your own personal Quiznos up there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta toast it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, maybe uh, dipping the chicken in was, um, if you think of like a, uh, like a, Pechuga style uh, mezcal or something where, you know, they're roasting the chicken over the mezcal as they're roasting and they're, you know, they're, you're getting some of that smoky depth and saltiness in it. You know, it could, yeah. maybe there's something there. I don't know if it is for beer. Yeah. But... I, don't know the, I don't know the style name. I remember reading about it once. And I go, yeah. Interesting. But... Right, right. It's definitely, definitely a process people could go through, I guess, if yeah. they, if they want to. So um, also, as we were saying, you know, you, I, there's, there's a puppy on your can, there's a kitten on your can, there's every one of your cans, every one of your beers is associated with a different animal. And um, I know a portion of all Metazoa sales go towards helping animals. And, you know, that being on the labels, like, um, why, you know, did you guys originally choose that mission? And um, well, that is entirely um, the owner of the brewery, uh, Dave Worthington and his wife, Uh, Dave, started this brewery again five years ago I believe, mm-hmm. um, with his wife's permission but he's he's been big and beer a fan of beer for a long time he's got a huge beer can collection since he was a kid uh he started some like um, beer bus touring companies uh he's got other businesses and he wanted to you know start a brewery and his wife said why what no uh uh-uh, what <laughs> um but when he persisted, I guess he came around like, well, if we're going to do it, let's do it for a reason. And yeah. he has always, he and his family have always been into animal charities and things like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it for older animals, a retired circus animals or oh, wow. yeah. animals, that, animals that have been mistreated. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so they support sanctuaries where these animals live their lives. Right. So uh, his wife Stacy said, if you're going to do this, we're going to make a point of making it uh, something like that. And so that that was the goal. Five percent of all sales go to animal charities, sanctuaries, and rescues throughout the country. A lot of local stuff, a lot of stuff around the country. And in the five years, we've done over a hundred thousand dollars so far, more than that uh, in uh, charitable donations. Plus, we also support local events and uh, adoption things at our brewery, or we'll, we'll go and help uh, pair with at. Someplace I might carry our beer, I might do a tap takeover, and we'll donate part of our portion of that night to adoption thing. Uh, we have a dog park on premise. Our 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 <laughs> tap room is animal friendly. You can yeah. bring your all, any of your animals in. Ninety nine percent of them are dogs, but occasionally <laughs> you get the odd goat or a snake or a cat. But I'm waiting for the people bringing their emus or something fun. Yeah, <laughs> fun, more fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That's quite. Uh, yeah, you see uh, the emu walking around the dog park. It might be. Yeah. You know, hey, it's an animal park now, and uh, yeah. we're started our own zoo. Outside. I have I have seen miniature goats in the dog park a couple times, <laughs> little baby ones. The other are about a foot and a half tall. Right, right. The kinds that you see online jumping and yeah. doing flips off of hay bales and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them a couple times, <laughs> oh, uh, but awesome. again, ninety nine point nine percent of right. it is dogs. But and it's great if you if you like dogs, they're there. If you know, I didn't 
when I came down here, my wife and I had a couple of cats and then the last cat passed away a couple of years ago. And we are going to go back to having a dog again. We haven't had a dog in 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to scout out dogs, dog breeds and their temperaments and how they behave. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so that way you can see, uh, you know, how your cat is reacting to dogs and whatnot as well. It's, yeah. It's definitely. And, you know, we, we, had, we got a dog from a neighbor and now I, on sun, you know, Sundays, I bring her down, bring our dog Gracie down to the pub around the dog park for the afternoon as well so i i I partake (laughs) yeah exactly it's a a full ecosystem there definitely yeah (laughs) all right so uh currently i know you know you brew a lot of your own beer and you drink a lot of the beer that you brew uh what is your favorite beer right now that isn't coming out of your personal brewery out of the beers that you brew okay beers that are not that are not our own Mm -hmm. um I gotta say, I'm I'm more I'm not a beholden to a certain brewery. Uh-huh. But right now, I I go through style style phases. Definitely. And in the last few months, I have just been jonesing for a good Bohemian Pilsner. Yes, definitely. Um, I've been to Prague several times in my past. I was very very fortunate to visit there. Mm-hmm. And growing up in Chicago. Um, Chicago, that's one thing that's different from Chicago to Indiana. Chicago had the very distinct um, neighborhoods broken up by ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go, if you wanted a fresh German Pilsner on draft, there's German areas of town where there are German bars where people still taking German, and you could actually <laughs> get BBK or Bitburger or um, Koenig yeah. Pils yeah. or Weiss beers <laughs> right off draft, and it's fresh, it's good. Uh, right. Same thing. There are places you can go to get Irish beers, you know, good Irish bars, mm-hmm. in Irish neighborhoods. Not so much here in Indiana. I have yet to find a true, you know, local German bar or right. Indian bar where I can find those things on draft. So kind of miss those. Um, uh, Firestone Walker makes a great uh, pills called Pivo. Yes, but I have not seen that in Indiana in a long time. No, so I'm very I think they, sad. They yeah, it was. Uh... Well, yeah, I, I, every time I go to Chicago, if someone goes to Chicago, I like I always want to get some because uh, our local distributor in northern Indiana, um, I guess whenever Firestone hits a new area, they choose, okay, do you want Firestone Lager or do you want Pivo Pills? And ours went with Firestone Lager. And I'm like, yes. no, now I still have to go to a different state to get – that's definitely one of my favorite beers for sure. It's just one of – Absolutely, so yeah. <laughs> and as, uh, the, the brewmaster there is Matt Brindleson. He was my head brewer when I first started at Goose Island. Oh, wow. He, was, he started at Goose Island as well. If you look at the, the, the tree of who has left or worked at Goose Island and where they are in the brewing world, it's a huge tree. There's a lot of uh, – Josh right. Deeth, who runs uh, Revolution. Yeah. I work with him in our cellar. Uh, the guy who's his head brewer was my guy who trained me at Goose Island, Jim Seebeck. <laughs> um, so many folks I know who are doing well in the industry – started at Goose Island in one form or another. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that shows just like a general pedigree for breweries like that, where I feel like, I think I feel like I heard that about like Blue Moon as well, or at least like some of Blue Moon's like smaller tap rooms where it's like there have been some people, some like extremely like darling breweries now who kind of started at this like specific, like the golden Colorado Blue Moon tap room or something where it's, yeah. it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But other other styles I like, yeah. Um, Bohemian Pilsner. Uh, my first foray into like, oh gosh, beer can be different than American Pilsner. <laughs> w- 
was a girl taking me to a German bar and uh, when I was in my early 20s and getting me my first um, pawn or half of ice. And yeah. I opened my eyes. Beer can be this. This, <laughs> this. this is also beer. It literally blew my mind. I, mean, I, I thank her to this day for that experience yeah um so that's always a favorite favorite of mine um that one a good english bitter is yes. one of the first things I, first things i made when i got to Metazo- metazoic i had just left um five rabbit which was a lot of fun basically the idea behind five rabbit was um taking latin inspired food culture like food flavors spices mm-hmm. herbs fruits and things mm-hmm. and infusing them into um craft beer styles uh so i was brewing with odd kinds of sugars and chilies and roasting our own chilies and brewing a whole bunch of things with fruits and vegetables i'd never heard of before let let alone could pronounce yeah and it was a lot of fun however when i was done i really i kind of i when i took a break from them i said no god i want a bitter god i want a pills god i want i want to go back (laughs) to some classics for a while yeah oh yeah and say say an english bitter an esb one of my favorite styles for sure and it's (laughs) i'll always i'll go to a brewery there's a couple local breweries who make them and i'll go and i'll just be like oh this is great but i totally understand why you don't can this i wish you canned it so i could have it in my store but (laughs) but they're just you know i what at a time in like you said however many beers we have there's maybe one or two nearing on that like bitter or mild side where it's it's fun to see when somebody's doing it but then or you see oh somebody's doing it oh it's keg only dang it yeah, exactly. Um, I got to reformulate uh, Goose Allen's Hexnut Brown Ale when I when I became head brewer. Mm-hmm. We were changing the packaging, so I, I've been saying it needs a little adjustment. So Greg Hall, the, uh, the uh, brewmaster, said, "Well, they're going to think that the, the beer changed because labels changed. People mm-hmm. did, think, did think a lot of things changed. But well, if you're going to do it, do it right now." So I did tweak it and won the gold medal at World Beer Cup. Yay! <laughs> yeah, and that awesome. weekend, the weekend we won. We discontinued the beer because <laughs> we we just for production facility it wasn't selling enough. It just right. didn't make sense to actually put it it that one and our oatmeal stout. We just stopped making them for several years. Um, go, right. It's award winning, and I go to a beer festival and people would ask for it. Go, <laughs> oh, I brought the three one two and I brought the IPA and I brought the Honkers Ale. Yeah. I didn't bring yeah, yeah. the brown ale. Why didn't you bring brown ale? I love the brown ale. <laughs> Yeah, but no one was buying it. So yes, right. that's that's a hard part. There are certain beers that brewers love, that people love, that just don't make sense for a brewery to put into a can or bottle. Right. When I mean, your minimum but, batch is what twenty out. barrels, something like that. Yeah. Well, our smallest is ten. Okay. But yeah. Still, at, at, yeah. We, we we'll do a dry Irish down around uh, St. Patrick's Day mm-hmm. and do ten barrels of it, and it'll sit forever. I mean, it just <laughs> it's good. Right, right. But it's not a style that people just clamor for right now. You kind of have to hit this. Yeah, it's kind of have to hit that cusp of like, especially when it's dry Irish stout where, I mean, people who do love the style and can appreciate it will come in. And if I maybe saw that on the board, I'd be like, oh, that sounds good. I do like the style. I enjoy uh, just like, I guess, testing myself and educating myself style wise and like, you know, mm-hmm. directly like seeing how this is. But, you know, whenever you have a word, you know, like a Christmas ale is poison on December 26th when it's like, exactly. these are good spice. Like, this is still a great beer. It's still, you know, amazing as it was before. But now, you know, their minds have shifted. And yeah, uh, that's something you have to, you have to make a decision about. Uh, 
Goose Island had a Christmas ale, also had a winter ale. Mm-hmm. Winter ales you can sell through March because it's still winter in Chicago right. till March, April, May, June. Yeah. Uh, it can still <laughs> snow. However, you, you, know, you have a longer season to sell winter, but it won't sell as much as Christmas will. Christmas will sell like gangbusters from um, around Thanksgiving mm-hmm. to the 26th of December. So you'll sell, sell a bunch of it in that short window, but you can't give it away after the 26th. Right. <laughs> Whereas you can sell winter all season, but you're never going to have a peak or a volume like the Christmas ale will. Right. So, right. Yeah, definitely. Like bells uh, doing the bright white where it's just yeah. like, yes. Oh yeah. This is, you know, it, this is persistent. It can be, you know, it's a white ale or whatever. We can enjoy this when it's mm-hmm. snowy out. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, uh, always coming out with new beers. Uh, what do we have looking to look forward to coming up in the near future? Well, we've got a, a new West Coast coming out. Uh, we had Cat Hops last year, which is, mm-hmm. you know, again, our hopopotamus is more of a tropical IPA, tropical uh, hop character, not excessively bitter on the front end, but super distinct tropical aroma and flavor. Cat Hops was the opposite. It was like uh, drier, crisper, and attacked your tongue immediately, more bitter up front. So, I've got a new one called Salmon Cannon that's coming out in a little bit. I think we'll actually can that one as well. Awesome. Uh, we have the new pale ale. We do a pale ale in collaboration with the Indianapolis Zoo every year for the last three years. Mm-hmm. And it's usually uh, it's tied to a new exhibit at the zoo. The first year was Black Mamba for the Black Mamba exhibit. Yeah. Last year we did Matriarch. Uh, they have the uh, Camp Tembo elephant experience. Yes. Uh, so we had a orange can with the uh, the elephant's head on it and called matriarch because the female is in charge of the, the pack of elephants and this year they're doing an alligator crocodile exhibit so it's crocodilian and yeah. that's just been canned and will be in your market shortly awesome. <laughs> you'll be able to get in your store soon that is yeah. that is great yeah i think um coming up soon hopefully we'll be doing a uh we do a I think we're working out to monthly currently, but like a uh, like a Facebook drink along where everybody drinks the same beer, and I think that one will be the one. So I know we okay. want to feature you guys. So I think once we get those in stores, we're gonna get that all scheduled and everything. Um, looking forward oh, to good. that for sure. Well, awesome. This has been so great. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. Uh, anything no problem, else you yeah. wanna you know anything you want to let us know about or where we should go for more uh, information about you or Metazoa? Well, they can come to our website. Um... Uh, metazoa.com join us on facebook if you're in the area and you have a pet bring them by uh we off you can check our our facebook page you know the the park is always open to all the dogs but we try to do meetups for certain breeds so uh, for a couple hour window if you've got corgis bring your corgis down if you've got great (laughs) things bring your great things you meet a bunch of the same dogs together yeah those are always a lot of fun um we we do co-sponsor a lot of events uh we are actually we'll be up in april in at your neighbor uh, the lobber i'll be up there oh awesome yeah yep. um the 25th of april i'm doing a tasting a tap takeover uh, in support of uh, one of the charities uh, animal charities up there i don't have it in yeah. front of me so i feel bad sorry sorry kelsey <laughs> uh but yes <laughs> come on by on april 25th uh, i'll be there pouring uh pouring and tasting beers with uh some folks and having a good time up there Awesome. Definitely. Yeah. We'll have to get some promotion about that as well on, on our social media because yeah, we're so closely associated with them. We share a wall with the restaurant. So we, yeah. uh, 
yeah, I think, yeah, teaming up with them. Um, yeah, I, I know we did that one last year as well. And I think it was the same with you guys and featuring it. So that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be coming up. I'll, I think I bring my dog. You'll get cool. to meet Gracie. <laughs> She's a one just over a year old, uh, great Dane puppy. Oh yeah. About how, how big, yeah. how many pounds? Uh, just under 130 pounds. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got her when she was 17 pounds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A, a, yeah. a dainty one-year-old great yeah. Dane is yes <laughs> formidable in the streets. I'm sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been so great. Thank you so much for yeah. this with me, Danny John. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah.